0: Good evening, welcome to the winner's mindset, a key to success. Seventh episode. Today's guest is Veena Paranjpe. Veena comes with overall 20 years experience in sales and customer services in healthcare. She is an alumni of IIM Kolkata. While working in corporate sector, she realized that people are the differentiating factor and hence is passionate about people development through coaching and that's why she switched to coaching. Her message: is behavioral change in communication skills. She loves to train in origami, as origami helps in building mindfulness and improve spatial visualization. I interacted with Veena around six months back when we joined PQ Coaching. We had very good interaction along the way. Thank you so much Veena for joining us.
1: Thank you Vijay, it's a pleasure you know, to be here today.
0: So starting with that, Bina, please let us know about your journey, starting from, uh, I mean, your uh, career, first step of your career or college day or whenever, from where you feel comfortable.
1: Sure. So my basic qualification is uh, microbiology. So um, something very, very deep and scientific. And then I did my post-graduation in life sciences from University Department of Life Sciences, Kalina. And um, then I began working in um, a company called High Media Laboratories, which was into bacteriological media. And that was my core, core subject. And um, after that, there was a bit of a deviation. started uh, doing, you know, my honours diploma in systems management from AppTech, I was teaching in a school, uh, teaching the subject of computers. And so I was um, out of Mumbai for some time, then came back in Mumbai, and uh, then joined Johnson and Johnson. And um, so joined into sales, and then set up customer service. And then I'm customer service was something completely new, and I had no background of customer service. So I went about scouting, learning the ropes and uh, worked with Johnson and Johnson for almost 14 years. And then moved on to another healthcare company, which was Roche and uh, worked for about three years with Roche. In between, I did my executive program from for business management from IAM, Calcutta, And um, in 2017, December, I left my job, And um, I decided, um, because you know, I had this feeling that if I keep on doing this, I'll be just doing this. And if I want to do something different, then I need to break free from the existing things. And um, that is when I got the time and I got into coaching and um like when i look back i think coaching i had been exposed to it before because i used to interact with my team members who were also young and you know just out of college and um, and then that is where i realized that conversations are so important and coaching is one such conversation which leads to transformation and if we can make that change in someone wow what what more can you look for
0: very good so m- when we started that PQ coaching mm-hmm. uh, i think in the first time we interacted with and someone uh, told me that i contact you for that you can join that and yes. i think that was the moment that we got that. right
1: so and thanks ha- to you that as a result <laughs> i could do the pq coaching <laughs> As <laughs> it wouldn't have been possible.
0: Uh, and Rather, thanks to that friend through which you came in my touch and of course, yeah. we are in touch and we will be. So how your coaching journey is going on?
1: Um, I have got my um, ACC from ICF. Very good. And so that was the first step. And now I'm taking it on and moving to the next level, which is PCC and uh, simultaneously i'm doing my coaching so i get a few clients and um, well the journey is on
0: uh, maybe the audience m- uh, may not be aware about acc and icf i'm aware yeah. but they may know. so please yeah. tell us yeah. about that
1: so icf is the international coaching federation and s- accreditation from icf is kind of considered a gold standard So there are various levels towards becoming a coach. The basic is an ACC, which is an associate uh, coach. And um, so you need to clock some number of hours and you do give an online test. And um, ICF is very robust because um, it talks about sustainable transformation. It talks about it, it basically says that the client is whole and it is resourceful and um, the coach is is just a mirror or a coach is a thinking partner who kind of hand holds you through the journey and kind of keeps mirroring back to you your own thoughts, so that you see them differently because there's no way that you can see your thoughts. So. That is what a coach does. And a coach helps you to discover the potential that is all within you. Yeah, so that is what this coaching journey has been about.
0: Very good. Uh, Meena, it needs courage, but it takes courage to leave your thriving career and do something new. Hannah yes. I uh, congratulate you for that. And I uh, praise your courage because it's very difficult to have that courage to venture into something unknown, we are not uh, aware about, and while yeah. leaving your thriving career where you are doing so so good,
1: yes, but
0: uh, I think we need more and more coaches, and so that this world can be made a better place to live.
1: Yeah, I agree. When when I look back at this, um, it was indeed a very difficult decision because um, it was something you know it's kind of you're leaving your existing identity. Yes. And uh, becoming a no one and, you know, setting yourself all over again. But yes, somewhere there was that inner calling and maybe perhaps that made it easier.
0: Uh, Is there any particular incident or something that motivated you to move into this coaching?
1: I, um, you know, um, I have been listening to conversations and I happened to listen to a few conversations wherein I felt um, it is just two people who are talking to each other and there is so much that happens as a result. So, you know, the outcome is wherein, you know, the, the coach and the client and the client see something which he was not aware of. And all that happens in a mere conversation. So I found this idea, you know, very alluring. I said, wow, this is very powerful. And uh, yeah, that is how it got me into this. I said, I need to know more and I'm still learning. There's a lot of learning yet to happen.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Around three or four years back, I was watching a TED program in which Bill Gates has mentioned that everyone needs a coach.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: Of course, uh, as you were in sales and marketing, you were handling that role of coach actually. Not not officially, but uh, indirectly you were doing that. I was the head of the institution. I was doing that job because we need to do that. But now, because we are officially doing that. So what is the change you can say in that setup and uh, in this setup you can say?
1: Um, I think the biggest change is um, change in me as a person. Um, I think I'm a much better person now as compared to what maybe I was three, four or ten years back. And um, you know as a simple skill if you if you look at listening, you know, often when you listen and when you listen to anyone, you immediately start evaluating, you start building response in your mind and you are ready to jump up you know as soon as you know the person so there was a lot of unlearning to do this this is not listening at all so listening is wherein not only what is said but you you listen to understand you listen to you know hear certain things which are unsaid so This is all a learning process, you know, not being judgmental, like, basically, a coach has to go into the conversation as if, I don't know anything, I don't know. And, you know, the fact to be into that space, wherein you say, I don't know, is is one of the biggest things. So, you know, the the ability to have curiosity, not being judgmental. So, These are the tenets of a coach, but that so much applies to us as human beings. Like we all could be such better human beings if we can use all this in our day-to-day, which is difficult, but you can always make an attempt. And I think we, we get better as a result.
0: So now you are not a boss. You are not a powerful person. Rather you are making powerful your coaching.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Very good. So, uh, in your experiences while coaching, how you find your coaches accepting this thing? Actually, in most of the scenario, what I realize that they are expecting us to do some magic.
1: Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what happens? Um, what exactly a coach does? is i don't think is is clear to a lot of people like they uh, most of the time you know the the boundaries between a counselor a mentor a trainer and a coach you know they are so blurred And so then, you know, you need to get down to the basics and say, okay, a trainer is someone wherein, you know, you have exchange of skills. He knows something, you don't know something. And so there is transfer of knowledge. So that is what a trainer is. A counselor is someone you go to when, you know, something needs to be mended. Something needs to be done right. That is when you go and see a counselor. Yes. A mentor is someone who's a subject matter expert. So, you know, you look up to him and uh, so you choose your mentor and so on. And then what's a coach? So so people feel that when they come and see a coach, the coach is going to give me a ready solution and I just need to run with it, but that's not what it is. Coach is only going to help, is, is your thinking partner. Coach is someone like a mirror who's going to throw back the yes. thoughts back to you for you to look at them, and say, oh, so is this what I'm thinking about? Is this what I'm saying? Oh, then this is not what and and then that self discovery and things start revealing to your own self. So it's, it's a very fascinating uh, process. Yes. It is. And um, so, you know, I've had episodes wherein some of the clients said, OK, so you as a coach, you don't need to tell me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> then what am I here for? So, so yeah, so there are various experiences and there could be some, I have a few experiences wherein the coaching session was over. And after a week, I get a call back and say, coach, I now understand why you were asking me that question. So sometimes coaching happens after a coaching conversation. So it happens between coaching conversations also so yeah i find these these all these multiple facets very fascinating
0: man i took coaching from one of the senior coaches a europe based coach and i uh, told him that i'm not getting results so when we discussed that what what you are doing i mentioned that i'm doing career coaching to whom to faculty members and students and uh, he knew about me that i'm so so-and-so faculty member i've those. so he told me you are not succeeding because you are the expert of that domain. And you know everything about that. So you are preoccupied with things, what he needs to do or something like that.
1: Yeah. He suggested
0: me do something in which you know nothing about.
1: Right. And,
0: and, and in that field, you will succeed because you will not be preoccupied with things. You will right. not be judging that person. So you will succeed in that domain. So Absolutely. yes.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> And sometimes it so happens, you know, like you as a coach, when when you're very new and and still learning the art, you feel as if the onus is on you to make sure that the client has some solution at the end of it. But it is not so. You just have to be there. You just have to be present. You just have to listen and, you know, bounce back all that the client is saying back to him for him to have a look through. Yeah, so empathy. Empathy is another critical.
0: Yes, that's very important. Ah, uh, your niche is behavioral change, especially. Yes. So, uh, I think people find it very difficult to change their behavior, especially. Yeah. So, I think it must be very difficult when you have coached something. So, can you share some experience?
1: Yeah, like there are there are people you know say I keep procrastinating, and um, and then and what is the funny part is people are aware it's it's not that they are not aware as to why do they procrastinate why do certain things happen and then you ask them okay but then what what is stopping you what, what is the hurdle well it is just you know and then they come up with something so you know it is more of my self esteem or i feel insecure so it actually goes into a very different uh, thing open up so as You know, the journey is very interesting. You begin with something, but as you talk and, you know, you kind of, as you peel an onion, so there are layers and layers and layers. (laughs) as, As those layers come off, there could be something very different that comes up. And then when they realize that it is, this is just a symptom. There is something which is deeper, which is underlying. And if... We as a coach can help them uncover that and discover that that, that, that sense of um, um, you know relief that you can see because they they see certain things within themselves they they understand what is holding them back you know that that satisfaction is immense.
0: People transform.
1: Yes, people transform.
0: And as you mentioned, they know the answer, but they're not able to find it out it. on their own.
1: Right. So,
0: so we help them to dig deeper and find out the solution. Yeah. And have them the feeling of empowerment. Yes, I found out the solution. I know the solution. Yes. Instead you of depending on us. it.
1: Yes. You, you do a better job of it.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs>
1: yes.
0: And that's make them accountable to us.
1: Absolutely. Very good.
0: So... Uh, while well, you were in the corporate sector for so long and as you mentioned the scenario is here entirely different have you missed that uh, experiences or something like that when you came here that power or something that very typical yes. in the corporate sector. Yes.
1: yes, you know suddenly it was like I was in the midst of a lot of things and um, suddenly the whole world goes along you you kind of it doesn't matter if you are there or you are not there and then that brings up a lot of dimensions to you like you know you you typically tend to define yourself with um you know maybe your professional status or you tend to define yourself because of a relationship like because you're a mother or a father yes. or but I think what you need to know is you as a person are much beyond these things. Like, yes. So we should stop defining ourselves with these things. Like they are some of the facets of your entire existence, but that that's not you as a whole. You as a whole, you. we need to take cognizance that We are much bigger, much beyond this, but you need to discover that. And then for me, exactly, you know, this happened because all these years life was so busy and there were so many things that i wanted to do but i never had the time so i used all this time to do that and one part of that is you know becoming a better person and so my journey is still on and of course this also gave me time to catch up on my reading i like to listen to music um I like to do origami. So I got this, which I would have, otherwise it would just have been in my head. Oh yeah, at some point in time, I want to do this, but I don't know when. So yes, I could use all this time to do that.
0: Very good, very good. You just mentioned the origami. So we want to know more about that.
1: Oh, wow. Origami is, is, is a beautiful art. And uh, it is like, um, as paper folds, mind unfolds. You know, so it's, it's all about paper folding. And as you fold the paper, and as you do those various steps, mindfulness is something which is very critical because one wrong fold and, you know, your outcome is not going to be the way you want it to be. So you have to be mindful how you crease it whether you give it a deep fold or whether it's, it's an unfoldable fold, that is one. Second is origami helps you to build spatial visualization. You know, what kind of space, how much. Beyond that, it helps you build patience. And as I said, it is that, you know, it unfolds your mind. There is a sense of peace as you go about it. And there is something very subtle about origami. Like it it is not overtly uh, loud. There is something extremely subtle, but it is, um, what to say, very tough. And it's all about folding. It also talks about vulnerability. You know, the fact that um, only because the paper is vulnerable you can fold it into various ways and then It lets you to something so so it is flexible, but it is firm. You know, so all these facets are very fascinating. And I think children should, should be exposed to origami because it gives them opportunity to be creative. It gives them that time, you know, that space of just doing one thing at a time and learning this simple art, like from simple things, beautiful things turn up.
0: It works in every situation or some specific situations. What do you think?
1: Origami is especially good to bring in mindfulness for anyone and for all ages. Very good. In fact, in in some of the hospitals in England, they teach this to the patients. And uh, when they are hospitalized, they, they do these beautiful, colorful things. And their time in the hospital is spent in such a creative way that, um, you know, it helps them to bounce back faster.
0: In India, I haven't listened, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's a Japanese art and um, originated sometime in China, way back but uh, yes in india we don't practice so much of origami i was i was very lucky in fact when in during my school days i got these origami books as my as prize for you know maybe standing first in the class and that was my first exposure to origami so that wow. was a book by robert harbin and they were all diagrams diagrams for quite a couple of years i didn't know what is to be done with it Till finally, one day I just sat with some newspapers and I said, let me just go about it. And it was so fascinating. I spent such lovely hours doing that.
0: Really, you are in Jakarta. Yes. So how life is different uh, as a coach, you can say as a, um, Because you are in India, I think uh, you, your entire life has been in India. So how different yes, it is yes.
1: Sorry. So, I I am in Jakarta for the last two years, and um, of which one year has been taken away by COVID, so I couldn't travel around much. But the first year that I came, um, you know what I found very fascinating about people here in Indonesia is um, they are very happy. They are very happy. They are um, listening. They are very willing to listen to you, they are very fun loving and um, even in traffic they are so patient you will not have anyone you know honking behind they'll just quietly wait for the signal to turn and you know go by traffic is worse than mumbai in jakarta but despite that people are very calm and very peaceful and very patient and generally they are very fun loving and very nice to interact very pleasant And um, uh, they are very proud of Indian culture. They know about Ramayana, they know about Mahabharata. So they say that is our culture. The religion could be anything else. So I find this very fascinating.
0: uh, Is there anything that makes you awake at night?
1: Oh, yeah if if I am harsh on anyone that keeps me awake at night because um there is some kind of a guilt conscious like you know this is ha- has has been so right from my school days to my working um career also and even now so if I'm harsh on anyone um maybe you know I have to because I had to act. so it's it's not That I question um, the appropriateness of my action but it is just that like am I missing something have I looked at this with all possible angles or have I jumped to conclusions and you know passed on a judgment and scolded someone or generally been harsh on anyone so yeah if whenever typically I'm harsh on anyone that is something that keeps me awake At night, it troubles me a lot.
0: How you heal yourself, that scenario?
1: It takes a while, but then, um, you know, typically what I also do is, even if I'm harsh at that point in time, I immediately after some time go and reach out to that person and once again explain it, explain to him or her, saying, you know, this was the problem and this was the issue. And as a result, this needed to be done. So I do that. So... It is just that internal pangs, you know, just to be sure that you have looked at the situation from all possible angles. So actually the situation is over and done at that point in time. So there's nothing more to be done basically, but my internal conviction yes. that yes. yes, indeed, like, you know, I I have, there is nothing that, and if there is some, and at times if something comes up and then, oh, maybe it was from this perspective that this person was saying and i was not able to understand at that point in time then either i pick up the phone and talk to that person the next day or if we are in the same office or environment i just go and talk to them and say hey look you know maybe was this what you were trying to say which i was not understanding yesterday so please help me understand so i just take it up immediately then and there and you know close it up i i don't keep it lying around
0: Wow, it needs courage again.
1: Yeah, because otherwise I know it will be internally (laughs) troubling me a lot.
0: They said it's holding a burning coal in your hand.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: So I think that's a part of winning mindset or winner's mindset. So what do you say on winner's mindset? Because we know a lot about winner's mindset. Winners keep on winning. They do things differently things like that. What is your say on that and how they keep winning and how they're different from others? Um,
1: For me, um, if I would say a winning mindset for me is make sure that you don't hand over your sword to the enemy. Wow. this comes more from my playing background like i've been a lot into sports i've been playing badminton and table tennis on the state level okay and uh, so uh, it is like don't get complacent you yes. know you, you feel as if you're just about to win and you kind of get complacent so don't do that because there could be many a slip between the cup and the lip you know you you are just about to take that sip but a lot of things can happen in between yes being mindful of that and making sure that you leave no stone unturned to reach your goal. I think this is how I would go about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, perfectly agree with it. Why an average person failed to adopt the bring mindset?
1: I think it is the self-doubt. The self-doubt has a big role because if you keep doubting your own self, Though you have conditions which are conducive around you, you really can't make them work to your advantage. So you being fully committed and having full faith in yourself that this is what you are set to do, this is what you want to do. So having that faith, having that belief is very important. And I think when that is missing, even if you have the best of the conducive environment around you, you may not, end up being a winner.
0: And I think it's a process.
1: It's a process.
0: It's not a one-time step.
1: Yes, it's a constant process.
0: And for that, I think that person has to develop certain positive habits.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So do you think is it possible for a person who is depressed or having fears or underconfident to adopt this kind of winning mindset? And what do you think? How much time it takes normally to transform person for that scenario? I mean, from victim mindset to the winner's mindset.
1: Yeah. So I I think the most important part is ability to be self-aware. You know, um, self-awareness plays a critical role. Once you you have that sense of self-awareness, The next step is looking at that scenario from a third person perspective. So, you know, your ability to detach yourself from that situation and look at it and see how you have been behaving. What is it that you have been, because, you know, we are, are, um, we are the worst enemies of our own self. And it is we ourselves who pull ourselves down. No one else from outside. Yes, Yes. So, so i think working on your own self is very important so self awareness is the first step so being aware about what exactly is happening what kind of emotions come within you what how do those emotions get manifested into your you know maybe expression maybe your body language so first step is awareness second step is the ability to you know be detached from that situation and have a third perspective view to it And then go about the changes. So you said how it it's it's possible. It's possible once you become aware. Because until and unless that awareness doesn't set in, you are in the middle of everything, and you know you are sucked into everything, and it's just no way that you would be able to see what how are things outside. So it could differ the the journey the length could differ from person to person. So that cannot be a standard set, but yes, the pathway would be something around like this.
0: And how the resources can help? I mean, books, uh, the gu- guidance, or the I mean, mentor, coach. How the resources can help such a person to come out of that uh, victim zone?
1: Yeah, I-, I think being a very good observer is. Is, is critical, observer of your own self and observer of people around you because you learn a lot through these observations. And then you can kind of relate, you know, incidents that are happening around you and the way people go about it. And if you can kind of relate those happenings to your own internal uh, experiences, It gives you some ideas as it says, let me try this out. This is what worked for someone X. Let me try it out. So at least certain options start building within you. So observation is important. Beyond that, yes, reading. Um, You know, I feel um, the more experiences you have, the more rounded a personality you become. Rather than you know being focused on a particular thing, I think more interactions with people, putting yourself through various experiences um, helps to become a rounded personality. And then you are able to relate to a lot of things. And that helps open a lot of options within you and hence you can then try out, is this working for me? Is that working for me? Beyond that, I think, um, you know, uh, those basic tenets of patience, honesty, integrity, perseverance. So, you know, whatever of these could be the basic tenets are, you know, help you <laughs> build further. Yes, it. yes. So it's
0: a journey and they will have to move on one step at a time. Absolutely. I think that will help.
1: And you learn Thank as you. you as you travel. Yes. Uh, may I know
0: what your favorite book? Maybe there may be more than one, but if I ask you to name just one book, for which book, book
1: I think there are quite a number of books. Um one is um Haiti by Johanna Spyri. Um this is a book which i read you know during my childhood days i reread it during my college days and even you know even now sometimes i just pick it up and read then uh, there is uh, silas marner um, so that is george, by george eliot but i think my most favorite book is uh, gone with the wind by margaret michelle and um, i think i've i've learned a lot Um, you know, the grit, the courage, and the best part is like, you know, you, things may not work your way always, you know, so you have to face a lot of failures, but that ability to pick yourself up every time. And, you know, when she says like, after all, tomorrow is another day. So you begin afresh again the next day. So I find that very inspiring.
0: Very good, you. I'm also a book lover. I read so so many books, and uh, of course, there has been so many good books. But the power of now, I like so much about. And recently, uh, maybe around a few months back, I read a book, Siddharth. Oh, that's a very good book, and I suggest you if you can Harman. find out. Yes, yes, yes. harmonies It's a very I good book.
1: it's on <laughs> <my> to <to-do> list. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a very good book, and. Uh, to some extent relates with me and I think maybe it will relate with you. Okay. There is so yeah. much that because um, we have left our career. We uh, yes. have left behind our thriving career just to do something that we love. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah. what something is in that book. So I think yeah. you will yeah. love that book.
1: In my to-do, to-do list.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, coming to to-do list. Is there anything in your bucket list that is still awaiting? Or there are so many things?
1: There are a lot of things. There are a lot of things. But I think what immediately comes to my mind um, is um, I want to see myself um, established as a person who is, um, you know, making changes to people's lives in whatever way.
0: And how you energize yourself? I mean, what gives you strength?
1: I think... um, you know, I'm, I am a very self-motivated person. Um, I normally find happiness in a lot of small things. Very good. And um, people interactions, um, you know, kind of help me grow. So I, I look ahead to interact with people, to talk to people. And, you know, kind, that kind of charges me up.
0: So in the new country in the new scenario i think you must have found some friends there and oh yes oh
1: yes and and i feel you know people here are really very nice and i feel sad that you know one year i really couldn't interact them in person yeah we do zoom meetings and yes that is how i know people but um, yeah I, I i think i draw a lot of energy from people interactions
0: Is there any kind of fear that is stopping you that as you mentioned that I want to establish yourself? So what is stopping you in fact? It may not be fear or something, or maybe something lacking. So what is there in between your now and your west version as you mentioned? If you are comfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I feel um. there there has got to be a right time for everything.
0: Yes, I agree. Like
1: how even hard you try at times, things work when, you know, things work at at that point in time. So sometimes I think what what comes in my way is um, a certain level of um, impatience within me. And maybe, um, you know, something like um, a self-approval kind of a thing. Like, you know, what has happened is, like when you look back at uh, you know typically what happens with all of us is um, you you look for approvals in in a very objective way. like when when you're working, typically um, you have maybe monthly targets, you have quarterly targets or you know your progress is is visible very objectively. But when you're out of the flow like in a, in a, in a condition where wherein I am now, you know initially i thought what am i doing um so you know i went online and i did a couple of courses got some certificates and all and um and then i said but what 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 is what am i set to do and um, so it's not that every time i have to keep on doing something achieve and show my certificate you know look, look this is what i've got and is that achievement and then i kept on thinking about because there was a degree of uneasiness within me, but I didn't know what it was till, till, you know, I hit upon it, wherein I, I kind of equated it to, you know, the analogy that came to my mind was this, that during school days, you have your academic, um, you know, semesters and you have your exams and then you have your vacation. And fortunately for us, when we were uh, children, our vacations were not um, you know kind of planned uh, <laughs> like you know this course and that class and this and in this vacation I have to be good at one new language and etc etc we were just left free we, yeah. like you play you go to your relatives place or you travel with your family there there were no um, you know certain achievements to be done in that particular that, that's your free time But you know, you actually grew a big way during this free time. You learned to hold your fort when there are fights. You learned to make friendships. You you understood what is patience. You you learned to take failures. You learned to take success. So, you know, you learned a lot of these things during that time. And I think we should always look at these phases of life like this. You know, once you're out of the mainstream, you suddenly feel there's a lot of emptiness. So I think that's needed at that point in time. And that helps you grow in a different way. So I still take this that this emptiness is also, you know, helping me towards my goal in some way. So it will come when it's got to come. And I'm working towards it. So
0: You've described it very well. Because uh, as you mentioned I see nowadays students, um when they have the they have so many things to do. There is a list, this thing has to be done, that thing that so I think they feel to grow yeah. with their innovativeness, their creativity. I think they uh, they are at loss yeah, because they are, so they are doing things, they're they are being told. Yes. Yeah,
1: they don't have that opportunity to be bored. Yeah. Yes. Because only when you're bored will maybe, you know, something creative will spring up.
0: Yes. yes. And I think that is the reason, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong, that is the reason that in India, we don't have so many researches and things like that.
1: Yes. Because
0: we have binded them with change, you can say.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Even in the management colleges that uh, you, you are the, I don't know, often, I am, I don't know the there, but I have seen that IITs and other engineering colleges, so I think the syllabus and the schedule is so, so tight that people don't have time for creativity and innovations.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And that's not fair, in my view, at least.
1: No, it's not fair. I wish, I wish, you know, there is some place wherein um, these um, life skills are taught. Yes. I wish schools take up the subject of life skills, you know, like, it will help everyone to cope up with these pressures so well. Like today, people are unable to cope up with these pressures because your mind has not been built to, you know, to face these things, you don't know what is to be done. So if there is some way wherein you know these life skills get taught to children. I think um, the entire society would, you know, grow in a in a different way and it would be a much better place. People will be more empathetic, will be more understanding, will be more patient.
0: And I think absence of that is the region of so many and depressions and suicides and like that. even students of uh, class 10th and 12th doing suicide. Yeah. I think that's a horrific situation because yes. they are not aware of life skills that mentioned no. and nobody but is the teaching younger, them.
1: The younger generation is all into you know devices and they find comfort in devices because they have complete control over that device. But interacting with another human being, they're not prepared because you don't they don't know what to expect they're not willing to take that those changes here it is everything in control that makes life easy but this needs to change
0: and uh, what do you think uh, what should be the role of the parents
1: i think um, they need to walk the talk because um, if if the scene is such that the parents themselves are onto these devices then there is no way that the children So I I think consciously you have to have that me time in the day, wherein, uh, you know, that time is away from all your devices and it is just with you or just with the family. And wherein you actually talk to each other, have these exchanges, share your successes, share your failures, share your learnings, or just have, you know, a nice chat around anything on the face of this earth. I think that is, that is something which needs to like, people need to open up more. People I think are becoming more self-centered and more about, it's all about me. And if that, that reduces, I I think that will help. That will help because then children will see their parents in a different light.
0: I observed that the bonding between family members is not, I mean, most of the cases that bonding is that not that much strong. And Absolutely. this is the region. even uh, kids are not able to tell freely to their parents what are their problems.
1: Yes. Because if
0: they start doing that, the parent is busy in uh, mobile or TV or whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I think uh, they don't have that trust, I think.
1: there. I own. think as a family, more activities need to be done together. And those activities could be absolutely anything. It could be cooking, it could be cleaning, it could be anything. It could be even watching television. But doing that together and having those discussions around whatever common that they're seeing, I think that that is critical.
0: And what advice would you like to give to the, I mean, the students who are just entering that college level, you can say, for so that they. Uh, keep, uh, I mean, the big picture in mind and take somewhat better decisions?
1: Yeah, I I would generally say that um, um, don't take things for granted. Um, You know, like we often um, forget to enjoy the present moment, but you need to learn to enjoy the now. And that is very critical. Secondly, um you shouldn't um you know i would i would advise that we should be less self-critical we are you know we criticize ourselves a lot you know we are kind of painting ourselves black and blue like every time a thought negative thought comes Tadadad. you know so we, i think we need to be more um empathetic towards our own self and yes we need to strive towards a goal and um have that readiness to take on whatever it needs to take to be there. But be be empathetic with your own self. Don't take things for granted. These are some of the things that I would want to, you know, leave people with these thoughts.
0: As you mentioned, empathy, or compassion, I, these words are very important. These practices are very important.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: found that I think uh, most of the people, rather more than 90% people, don't do these
1: things yes yes they, you know like what is empathy what is like the difference between sympathy and empathy what does empathy mean and first of all you have to empathize with your own self it is it is you know like this like when you're in in the aeroplane and the suppose the oxygen levels go low so they say that the oxygen mask first put it onto yourself yes and then help your dependent ones whoever is there i think it's the same with empathy you have to be empathetic to your own self. Only when you you can empathize with your own self, will you be able to empathize with others? Because it's like, you will be able to give out what you have. But if you don't have it, how will you give it out? And that could be replaced with love, understanding, empathy, all that.
0: As I mentioned that uh, I'm, when I used to, nowadays I stopped reading newspapers. When I used to read papers there has been so so many negative news that say uh, suicides and something like that, and that hurt me a lot. So that because if someone is empathetic or self compassion, I think he will not even think of the uh, these things. So where one should start if someone is going through that phase, if someone is going through that phase. So how, from where one should start that thing? Because it becomes very difficult to tell them and mm. they are not ready to share. But if I come to know that that person is suffering from that, so how we can, I mean, uh, teach them or guide them
1: for how, how
0: this is proceed. So, what do you think? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think the first important part that comes is your ability to express, you know, because as, as we, you know, talked some time back, sharing and people connect has become very less. As a result, you know, we don't easily open up to people. We don't easily share. We we don't, you know, the generation doesn't know what is to be, what is to trust anyone. So I think it needs to begin from there, the ability to open up, the ability to build connections because when you have those connections, will you would have someone to open up to and then, this feeling that, you know, I'm not alone. There are many other people who would be going through similar ex- experiences. So if I share it with them, maybe they would tell me some ways that they managed to cope up with and I would be able to learn from there. So I think choosing the company around you, choosing people who are more positive or more energetic because you know that rubs onto you, so it's very important. A man is known by the company he keeps, so it's very important to be in the right circles. Move around with people who are, you know, maybe honest, who who are doing things in a positive way, or who are generally high on energy. You know, I think being surrounded with these people, building those people connects, so that you you can open up with people share your experiences and not get that feeling of you know I'm alone in this world because that is a that is a very debilitating feeling
0: I think they feel that I think uh, shame or they fear that I will be judged
1: yes yes very true that feeling of being judged is very high and we are so quick in passing judgments. <laughs> So a lot
0: has to change. <laughs> yes, I think the society has to think twice uh, before judging persons, I think. Yeah? And that can help in the scenario. So. <clears throat> sorry. Uh, as you mentioned that you are going to for, to establish yourself in that kind of shape. So what do you think? And the impact you are making on your coaches now and the mm-hmm. impact you will be making in that scenario, how different it would be? Or there will not be any difference?
1: I, I think um, there will definitely be difference because um, as I am on this journey, I'm also learning. And uh, these experiences will also make me a better coach. And typically they say, uh, like you coach people the way you are. So so I think the first step is getting better on your own self, like being a better person. That would automatically reflect in your coaching style. And, you know, after all, if you can bring that transformation, which is sustainable. So maybe, you know, presently uh, during the coaching sessions, um, maybe the coaching session ends at wherein the person comes up with some action points and saying, you know, hey, look, I'm going to do this, this, this. But maybe as I go ahead, I would want them to kind of demonstrate to me how they're going to do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, maybe it would be a more solidified approach. It would be a more complete way of approach. So as as I get better and better, I think that is, that is the change that will set in.
0: Very good. Uh, while doing PK coaching, we were in the same part We will the accountability partner, you can say. So do you think in simple coaching or I mean, when we are practicing with our coaches, so in that scenario also that making that accountability group or some uh, practice partner, buddy partner, will that help?
1: I think so. Because even as a coach, um, you know, you need someone as a go-to person or you need a group of wherein you come together over whatever period of time share your experiences share your learnings because with that you know we will help each other grow so i think it's very important that even we as coaches keep keep grouping together in some ways to share experiences learn together share something which you came up across which you found very very fascinating or some new technique, or so on. So I think it helps you to keep up, you know, keep keep abreast with what is happening around.
0: From your journey, you mentioned that you already qualified ACCA. Now you you are attempting to qualify the PCC. So how, how it differs from that?
1: I think um, when you are an ACC, it is more of a transactional change. You know that happens. Um, there is something like, um, whereas when as as you go ahead in your coaching journey, there is something like a transformational change. So it is it is a deeper change. It is a change in the being of the person, which you can influence Very good. or help the coachee to discover
0: someone want to reach you from so where they should contact you Okay, can, can you please share your uh if you agree that your i mean uh, social media or wherever you want people to reach you
1: sure presently i i am i am not so very active on social media okay. but yes i am on facebook um twitter instagram so these are the best places to reach me
0: okay so people are approaching you through these mediums yes okay yes. Very good. Uh, so you are also coaching people in India or no? Not nowadays.
1: I am. I am. I am okay. coaching people in India as well as well as here in Jakarta.
0: Very good. So what your target group in India?
1: Well, the target group is absolutely diverse. Um, there has been one college student. Most of them, of course, has been corporate, but there has been some senior age groups as well. Very
0: good, very good.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's been pretty diverse. So
0: it doesn't matter, in fact.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, whether a corporate or that even a student or some senior citizen or entrepreneur or something, it doesn't matter. Right. Very good, very good. Because I think <coughs> that behavioral change or that mindfulness, everyone needs these things.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Bina, for joining us and uh, sharing your wisdom, your experiences. Thank you so much. I learned a lot and I think audience must have learned a lot. Thank you so oh, much. Thank
1: you so much for having me here and giving me this opportunity to be here and share whatever little that I know of. <laughs> thank you you so know much. a
0: lot. I think um, we will be, I think, meeting again, maybe in next few months or a year or so. Sure,
1: sure. Any Definitely. Same? I look forward to be here. Thank you.